I am Lucas Mack, and I'm on a mission to see the hurting get healed and the healed go out and heal others in order for all of us to experience the true love and light we desire. This podcast is me sharing my journey with you so you don't feel alone in your journey. Welcome to the Golden Rule Revolution. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to the Golden Rule Revolution. I am Lucas Mack, and it's such a pleasure having you join. Today, I'm really excited to bring uh, an amazing leader, a dreamer, a manifester, and a dear sister of mine, a friend who I met at the emotional intelligence training that I've referenced many times on this podcast a couple years ago, and she is an incredibly powerful leader. She wrote a book called Dream Weaver, Seven Steps to Delivering Your Dreams. I just got it today. I just started reading it and it's incredibly powerful. Um, I'm honored to have my dear sister, Crystal Church, join. Here we go. Let's do this. Um, So first of all, congratulations on your book. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you. I... Whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you wrote a book. It's so, it's just weird. You wrote a book. You're I wrote author. a book. You're an author. Congratulations. Before, I, I mean, we are going to jump into this, and I'm, I, uh, I got it today, so I just started reading, um, already reading your, um, what do you call it, just your thank you to your grandmother help me get a fuller picture of you, even though I know you well, that, that was really beautiful. Um, and so with that, tell me about your life growing up and how we met. Let's get into how we met eventually, but you know, where are you from? Tell, tell the listeners about you. Okay. Well, I am still living in the community that I'm from. I was born and raised in the Kittitas Valley, specifically Kittitas, which when I grew up in that small town where my grandma and grandpa, the grandma in the book, um, lived. They owned the grocery store there. So I think I remember there was 800 people when I was growing up. And I think there might be 2,000 now. So it's really small. And um, it really is like the Mayberry life. Like, you know, I... I spent a lot of time at my grandma and grandpa's riding bikes with all the kids in the neighborhood, playing basketball. We'd stop into the grocery store. You know, if I wanted snap peas, I'd just go over to the produce and eat snap peas and penny can. You know, it was, I learned to ride my bike in that store. Mm. Um, It was, it was a beautiful little place to grow up. And my grandparents were really, uh, important part of my growing up as were other people that I mentioned in the book as well. So, <laughs> so this just reminds me. So the very first time I meet you, I oh. say, I go, so everyone listening, Crystal and I live uh, about two hours from each other. And we met at the emotional intelligence training that I talk about often um, on here. And I was down in San Diego and I hear that someone else. So flying from Seattle, Washington down to, San Diego, California, I hear another Washingtonians there. I'm like, oh, I walk up like, hey, you're from Ellensburg. I'm like, right on. Like, I'm from Bellevue. And your response was? 
Well, I just look at you like, who are you? And I'm like, okay, hi. Because, I mean, I'm at emotional intelligence training because I need it, right? And you are the embodiment of this really happy, jovial, awesome, outgoing person. And I am like all in black, big sweatshirt, no reason, I mean, no understanding of why I'm at this emotional intelligence thing. And then I'm like, you're going to talk to me? Who are you? And that really was so indicative of why I needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I love I loved it. It's where it all started. You know, um, the movie Dumb and Dumber where he sees those guys outside the convenience store and he's like, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. Because <laughs> they just stared <laughs> I was kind of like that. I was like, all right, well, see you later. I'll talk um, to you in about four months when you've had a little bit of a transformation. Oh, but we built such a beautiful friendship through that whole uh, process. Amazing. It, incredible. Incredible. I don't think I've ever had such a deep, meaningful connection with another human as I did through that journey with you. And then we've continued it afterwards and it, it just keeps evolving and unfolding. And it's not a matter of being connected in every single moment of every single day. More like family. It's like, if I see you, it's just, Hey, there you are. We we talk. It's just family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. To me, anyway, I don't, I don't want another one of those moments. Hey, it feels like family. Right, you know, like, right. wait, what? Yeah. Well, and I have to say, though, being on this podcast with you right now and seeing you and knowing that I'm here, I am a little starstruck. Yes, you are family and you're my friend and I love you. Yet, I have been wanting to be, whoa, the sun is coming out as if it's saying, hello. Perfect. I've been wanting to be on this and now I'm here and I'm like, oh, whoa, I'm on the Lucas Mac podcast. <laughs> well, I'm honored and excited and um, very few people have the, the strength and the fortitude and the courage that you possess very few and that's what leadership truly is we have so many people that profess to be leaders but alienate half of the room immediately with whatever opinions they hold and being a leader is holding space for all people and that's what you're doing and i'm just honored to have you on i want you to know it's it's really beautiful well, thank you. I, I'm super excited to be here as well. And I'm really excited for you to start reading the book because you said you're getting ready to read the, uh, the foreword. Yep. And then the next thing is you and I. Yeah. In the talk, book. talk about that process and what, what did we do and, and what people can expect from the book? Well, first of all, you held space for me to, to step into Dreamweaver before I even knew what it was, right? And it happened in the basement of your home when <laughs> you're like, just come over, we'll figure this out because I, I had wanted to create something and I had a bunch of words and, and we went through this amazing process that you came up with. Yeah. You had these sheets of paper up on the window and you're like, just talk. And you were writing and then you would prompt me and ask a question. You'd write more and then out of it, 
you wove together what I was like, wow, that is it. <laughs> Boom. Yes. And then we went upstairs and had dinner and spent time with your family. And it was just like another day. And I think it, so many times along the way, I've been like, wow, that was powerful. Mm. And it was your, you know, I could hear you in my mind every time I launched the consulting company and would write, I could hear you just keep going. You're doing fine. Keep going. Just go, go. You're good. You're go. Yeah. And you know, you've written a couple of books, so you understand the process, the writing. I feel like the writing of the book might be the easiest part of all. Yeah, I mean, the revisions, the publishing, the decision-making, the... My book is interesting. I, I don't ever, I mean, I rarely ever talk about it. Um, it's like um, pre-health, pre-healing. I look at that, even though it's one continuum, but I'm excited for the book that's going to come out here very Not that I have it ready, but the, the birthing of what I'm actually here to teach and, and share versus overcoming adversity. And life is hard and you got to grind it out and you got to hustle and you got to, you know, that that's exhausting. <laughs> so yeah, but writing the book, writing the book's scary. Writing the book is scary um, because all of a sudden you're like, Hey, this is me world. And have opinions of of my inner voice on paper yeah don't mind me while i'm over here just rearranging the computer screen to should i close my curtain a little bit i mean this is real life here in my apartment with the sunshine (laughs) (laughs) it'll it'll keep going it's fine no just okay well i want to say the the i love that you use the word birthing of your book because That is exactly what it felt like in, in the birthing of the evolution of Dreamweaver. Um, you know, the story, the adversity has been brewing my whole life because it is my life. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I birthed it that I could really see um, clearly what you and I came up up with as my tagline that only with the victim free mindset and feeling worthy can we live the life of our dreams i had to birth that victim story first and that was really uh powerful mm. it was all alone when when the book was done at least the story part in my apartment and i just was like Woo-hoo, yes and i was crying and and i was like wow this is a really monumental moment and then i think the most difficult part is sharing it with I had a peer reader group um, to read it and give me feedback and waiting for them to read it. Oh, I was just like, Oh, they hate it. Why is it taking so long? Come on, read, read. Hello. What are you doing? Right. And really what it's about is that it's not about me. Everybody has a life besides here's my book, read it and tell me what you think. Right. Right. And then when, when people's feedback started coming in and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And then more tears and more tears. Mm. And uh, it's just a really cathartic process. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, you, you mentioned your tagline. Say, would you say that again? Slow it down and break that down for everyone listening. I mean, this this incredibly powerful. Okay. So only, I think that is such a great pivotal word. Only with a victim-free mindset. Yeah. And it's tricky. Because I mean, I'll just say victim is one of my favorite places to go. It's not like it ever goes away. Mm-hmm. But when it's in your mindset, you can't move forward. So only with a victim-free mindset and feeling worthy. When I don't feel worthy, no one else around me is worthy. I, I cannot love. I cannot love myself. 
So only with the victim-free mindset and feeling worthy can we create the life of our dreams. Mm. And it's been unfolding to prove that the tagline is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what's happening in my life now. What, tell me about your life and where, what led you to even come into the emotional intelligence program that you and I met, met with? I mean, I know you had the beautiful contrast with your grandmother, but there was also the other side of your life. Yeah. So lots of adversity. Um, it, I, I think the simplest way to equate it is that I came from a normal, typical divorced family, right? That's so common these days. My parents were divorced at age five. And my grandmother's side of the family was the quote unquote, like healthy, non-alcoholic, could show love side of the family. Mm. Um, and then my dad's side of the family was very much alcoholic and pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Just a, a contrast between the two lives. And then the things that I experienced I thought were very normal for every kid growing up. And it wasn't really until much later in life that I realized not everybody experiences witnessing violence and trauma. Not all kids experience that. And um, I spent a lot of my life feeling like a terrible person, not understanding why I went down the, the path of substance abuse. And when I began to realize through work and learning about adverse childhood experiences and how it does impact you socially, mentally, physically, emotionally, that I, I was like, oh, oh, wow, like this, this, and this happened. And that's why I did this, this, and this, that I, I didn't see myself as a failure and someone who just sucks, mm -hmm. right? I realized that, okay, so this adversity really played a part in it. Yeah. Um, and then how I ended up at the emotional intelligence training is crazy because I was working with a coach through uh, my weight. For me, everything's always been about my weight. And she had done this training and she said, I really think that the things you're looking for in your life, getting yourself aligned and being at your optimal weight is at the end of this journey. Mm. And... Um, I was like, okay, whatever, you know, and I resisted it. And then finally I did it. And when we were in, in our emotional intelligence training together, which is what, two or three years ago, two, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. That was the final thing that I declared was that in one year I was going to be a hundred pounds lighter. Well, two years later is when I finally started down that journey of releasing weight. I didn't release a hundred pounds. I'm at 75 pounds. And what was important was that I had to learn to love everything that happened for me mm. and myself because otherwise I was just feeding this empty hole. Right. And, but the, it was, the weight was just symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a byproduct of all these other things. I mean, one of the things that for me, it, we were just talking about it with some friends the other day. I, collapsed twice, went to the hospital one time in an ambulance. They came another time. Um, I would go into anaphylactic shock. I had diverticulitis. I had small intestinal bacterial overgrowth disease. I was so sick. I could barely get out of bed. And 
I couldn't, you know, I had all sorts of issues, all sorts of um, digestive issues. I mean, bleeding in my stool since I was in sixth grade, just all sorts of stuff. And when I did the emotional work to heal, when I finally stopped trying to run and, and prove and all the external validations that don't matter. Any, you could be a gazillionaire. You could have all the homes in the world. You could, you could be, you know, lauded as the greatest, but if you're not healthy inside, none of this stuff matters and it will never be enough. And for me, once I did that inner work, I can eat anything I want now. No, probably eating way more than I uh, need to be eating, but still, I mean, my, the health, my physical body, my point is the physical responded to the emotional and it's the same for you it's it's been beautiful to watch very inspiring and you look amazing and you've always been beautiful you've always been beautiful but now you feel beautiful and that's what's cool because i can see it yeah that's it that's it completely and it for me a lot of the pain a lot of the chronic pain that i was holding in my body as well when mm -hmm. i and i've also spent the last year um investing only in my health and wellness. So massage, reflexology, acupuncture, you know, all of the things that help me spiritually align and help my body heal and then losing the weight. It's just been all together. And as soon as adversity comes up and I start to um, not deal with stress in a healthy way, I feel it in my body right away. I'm, I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, that's my body reminding me, hey, hold up, where's the self-care, where's your rest, where's this, where's that? Yeah. Yeah. Where I, one of the things I've been really looking forward to talking to you about, and, you know, everything I ask, it's for benefit for everyone listening around the world, you know, in Saudi Arabia and Israel and Argentina and Brazil and all, all the places that people are listening, it's like hearing hearing your answers sparks like people listening like, Oh yeah, I see. And one of the questions I've been excited to talk to you about is spirituality. You're shifting views. You're changing views where God was such a trigger, what religion was to you and, and share that journey. Cause I think that's a, that what you just said, the spiritual alignment, this it's, we can't, it's not just about emotional health. It's spiritually aligned to our, to ourselves, not to anything else. So yeah, share, share your journey about that. Well, this is going to come back to you and, and I'll start there with you because one of the things I love most about you is your ability to remain judgment free when someone refutes your own beliefs, right? So you're a very spiritual person. You've read so much. You can quote the Bible. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to tell you right now, Lucas Mack, that I got a real problem with God. And you're like, oh, okay. And I thought, that's it? No rise out of you? Nothing? We're not going to like go toe to toe on this issue? And again, that allowed me to be like, huh, interesting. And I've told you before that you are probably the only person that I can hear, literally hear, where my, my internal dialogue doesn't go la, 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 la when you talk about God and the Bible and all of the amazing things that you know. Mm. And so in this journey of sobriety as well, one of the reasons I struggled with AA 
And that model was because I had to believe in God that there was some power greater than myself outside of myself. And I thought, well, how can that be? If there's somebody out there greater than me, then why did they, and here's victim mindset, why did they allow me to have X, Y, and Z experience? Mm. And I don't really know when the moment was that it all shifted. Maybe it was when I wrote the book and I was all alone and I felt like I wasn't alone. Maybe that was a God moment where I felt held in somebody's arms outside of me. Mm -hmm. But now I know without a shadow of a doubt, there is something out there. And I love when people say, we don't care what you call it. Cause then I'm like, Oh, okay. You don't care what I call it. It is spirituality. It is God. I know that it exists. Yeah. And I think because my young years, I was introduced to it in a negative way. Mm. And my grandmother early in her life was very anti-religion and she was a big influence on me and I'm not dissing on her at all. I'm just saying that we live what we learn as kids. And, and so it's been a really fun journey to realize that um, I'm alive today and when you read some of the things in the book you'll understand why i say that i'm alive today because there is a god Hmm. because there is a power outside of myself greater than me that said nope your purpose is not fulfilled here yet on earth crystal you are not done i see you sister really trying to check out early and self-destruct and that's not why you're here right so I mean, your name is Crystal Church. If it doesn't get any more clear than that. How does that even happen, right? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. The, it's interesting about words and, and what we name. I mean, no, our minds are not even capable of fathoming the infinite creator, even what infinity is. And I heard, um, heard a preacher say one time, this old British preacher, he said, it's a contradiction in the human consciousness to accept infinity, but reject eternity. And um, I've always thought that. And so I, I've been using these language of infinite and unconditional because they're one in the same. They're not inseparable. That's infinite. It's vast. It's out and it's unconditional in. And there's no way we can even understand what that is. We call it God, but what does even that mean? And everyone has a different definition of God. And then they say universe source or whatever. And it's interesting. I think it goes back to this whole judgmental side of just language set. So if we don't speak the same language, you're not part of my quote unquote culture. Well, you take that in the Roman system, Rome wanting to conquer the world which they essentially did. And if you didn't speak the Roman way, you weren't in. So religion was the way that Rome conquered the world because they couldn't carry the armies over all these territories over the planet. So they carried this theology that still submitted people to the subject subjection of our way or the highway. And of course we have a rejection of that because it's not unconditional and it's not infinite. So therefore it cannot be of God. It cannot be a source and love and, and all these things. And there is a great awakening. You, you know, I've talked about a lot. Everyone's talking, there is a great awakening. What is the awakening? The awakening is that love is like oxygen. It is not a feeling presented to us by another. It is actually available infinitely and unconditional. We don't think of oxygen as limited. There's actually no 
thought in the human psyche of oxygen as a capacity. It's infinite. Wherever we go on this planet, there is oxygen. Well, wherever we go on this planet, there's the presence of God, quote unquote, in understanding that wherever we go, we're held. Wherever we go, we're part of this, oh, this beautiful symphony, this, this dance, this, this beauty, this ebbing and flowing. And um, so I just love your journey and thanks for sharing it because I've seen you soften. I've seen you come back into you. And it's, you know, isn't that interesting? We just come back into us and all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, there is God. We've always known there's God. Right. We just hated all the forms of control, abuse, rejection, you know, anti- sovereignty whatever it is these forms of control and you are just a beautiful story of that so thank you yeah and you know what's interesting in listening to you speak is that when i when i came back into me and each time because it it unfolds in layers and pieces you know people are like wow your transformation has been amazing yet each time i come back into me in another layer it's so familiar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i never dreamed that it was there and then when i get there i'm like oh yeah this yes mm-hmm. i know this feeling mm-hmm. and i think another really comforting thing about my newfound always been there belief in god is that I don't feel alone. Yeah. And yeah. I felt alone for a lot of years. And I find myself repeating to myself what you said. And, and it is that the most important thing is about love. No matter what's coming at us, the most important thing is love. Yeah. And if I can look at it through the lens of love, whether it's my kids reacting to me or any other situation coming at me, I always have the right answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was talking to, I was interviewed on, um, I don't know if it's a podcast. I don't know what it actually, I don't actually know what it was, but I know that the guy's a former head of the SWAT team, former special forces. And, and it's a, I think it's online summit for men and men's health. And and he (laughs) prefaced it before we started getting into it. Like, this is going to trigger probably a lot of guys, but this is a needed thing. And I share my story and I talk about these words, love and, and I said, here's another big thing as fathers and as parents in general, when our kids act up, do they want to be hit or do they want to be held? Do they want to be screamed at to snap the, the, the behavior out of them? Or do they want to be sat with and listened to, to the very ends of that, of that testing? What is unconditional love? We come here to see where is love? And it's not to indict the parents because we're just humans having our own journey of understanding what unconditional love is. But that view of love, why people don't like love, the concept of it becomes sticky and manipulative and suffocating and all these, you know, love hurts that 80s song, whatever, you know, like the, it's like this whole concept love is actually become a form of control, but that's never love. That's not love. It's all these other things that came in the form of it. Um, But when we awaken to, there are zero conditions in love. I was just thinking that 
exactly that, that that is what the awakening is. Like that is the awakening that we're in. And I think love hurts for me. It's about what we learned from previous ancestors and repeating that and not evolving from it is what makes love hurt. And, and, you know, you, you say often hurt people, hurt people yeah. and love people, love people. And that, that's so true. And that's why it's powerful because it starts with you. Yeah. So I've been hurt. Okay. I'm just going to go through life being a total jerk and plowing <laughs> through people and hurt. No, right. like start with you, acknowledge it. I'm you know, neither one of us ever say that there aren't victim stories. Absolutely. People have been victimized. Oh yeah. Yeah. And only right with a victim free mindset. Yeah. Do we get to feel worthy? And I think that it's so freeing. It's just, it's so freeing. Mm. I had this, um, I did this meditation. Um, Lauren watched the kids. I, I got to go upstairs and I put this um, music on. It was um, DNA activation and Ascension. It was just tones and music and it was just incredible. And yes. I went into this deep meditation and I had this vision of what we are as souls before we come into this earth experience and what we get to see like my soul, your soul, our souls as humans are not this genetic um, structure. It holds what our souls are here to express, but they are not our souls. So our souls, this is what I saw in the vision is that like a conveyor belt, you get to see the genetic lines of all the genetic codes getting passed down. And we choose when to jump in to this body at this mm. particular time. And some people choose to jump into stillborn. Some people choose to jump into Down syndrome. Some people choose to jump into, I chose to jump into being violated and abused. You chose yours. And what we get to see, and this is what's so incredible. This completely, I get choked up. It completely rocked my world as far as like judgment and victim and all these things is not only do we get to see the body that we jump in, this genetic structure that holds our soul, but we see the ripple effect on all the other conveyor lines at that time and space continuum. Uh -huh. So we get to see the impact of jumping in at this time. Right. And so did our abusers. Uh -huh. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty deep. So they saw me doing this action creates the ripple and I am the ripple. I'm not a victim, but I am right. the ripple of what I've gone through choosing already knowing what it was going to be so that I could be what I am. You have chosen what you are and it's taken away completely my, not that I was indicting, the perpetrators before, but I really had a clear understanding in this vision that what actually is victim mindset is a complete absence of true understanding of why we are here in this earth experience. What we are actually here to do is learn love in the stillborn 
sees the effect of the brokenness that the parents cause, but also the other families that have the same connection and get to see them love on. I mean, it's just, it's truly, it's incredible. And it all comes down to love and not pain. Actual. Yeah. Love. I just saw the whole thing is love and not victimhood. Um, Well, I love that. I love listening to how your mind goes and, and what you see and what, what I was seeing when you said that was that when we jump in, completely see that when we jump in, if we don't shift out of the victim mindset, that's a different ripple, Hmm. you know? Ah, And, and so it's really, um, that's really powerful and we're choosing it. That's what I really love that you said. We're choosing to jump into this. So if we can suspend ourselves from thinking any of the oh, poor me mindset, we can see that everything we choose to do after we lose that mindset is for our greatest good, as well as our kids and our families in the world. And that's, you know, people want to know the secret of life and that's it. That's it. It is it. And I, um, I knew about soul contracts and even studying in in Judaism, they talk about the three states of the soul, the soul before the body, the soul in the body, the soul after the body. And even down at ALA, Jenna, after weekend two of level three came and grabbed my head. Like I'll never forget. She like pulled my head close and she's like, your God asked your soul, would you do anything for me? And your soul said, yes. And so he sent you into that house. Right. And he sent you into that. And I am like, you know, I'm sobbing my eyes out. Right. But this vision I got last week was like painting the fuller picture that it wasn't just, it wasn't, it's not about me jumping into this. It's about us experiencing humanity. It's humanity's experience. Yes. And you're right. I think that's a great way to look at there's, the, there's the victim or there's accountability, responsibility, and, and love yeah. ripples. Well, I have something to share that I don't think you know. And it's, it's I, I just thought of it. Anyway, it's not like I planned this. And so we're talking about love and unconditional love and how when we trust ourselves to make the decisions it's really what's going to create the ripples so phil my ex who you know mm-hmm. um was diagnosed um three or four weeks ago with uh stage four terminal metastatic prostate cancer now i've had four weeks to go through this process mm-hmm. and it's late stage and moving quickly and it's been interesting because you know from knowing me that we've had a very tumultuous relationship and we've been divorced for 12 years and we've got kids together, his, mine, ours. And I went with him to the West side to this appointment where we learned this news. Mm. Um, And it was very interesting that I immediately shifted into a place of love. And that's not who I saw him as before when we were together as a person who comes from a place of love. And to, to, to make a long story short, in these last four, three or four weeks, we have made some very profound love-based decisions. 
And um, to prove that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, these are decisions that I know are right for me and my family and him. And so uh, we are going to um, get remarried and we, right? We are going to rewrite this love story that um, will be completely different now because of my work that I've done, the ripple effect, and, and how he sees us and our life and how our kids will view us. And so, you know, at first it was just about getting married to be the caretaker and take care of things in an easier, better way. And then I thought, that's not through the lens of love. Through the lens of love means I get to also receive his love. Like however long he has on this earth, I get to receive his love and then I get to love him back. And, and we get to do this crazy thing, which is love each other again before he leaves this earth. And I'll tell you what, that is, um, I can't even really express what that's like. And I'm about to go through it. And I know that it's sad. And I also know that it is the greatest honor I could have in this human form to, to be there in that capacity with him. Cause we had a soul contract. Yes. We have a soul contract. Yes. yes. And so here we go. Right. Trust, believe, love. That's what it's about. Wow. wow. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, I, <laughs> I keep looking back going, did you just say that? Are you really going to do uh, that? <laughs> it feels so great. right. That and is it, a hero story. That is well, a hero story. But what's even more powerful for me, Lucas, is I keep, I keep remembering things like when we talk, you know, like intentionally, okay, because I'm in my apartment in Ellensburg and uh, we're going to, you know, eventually cohabitate. And so when we talk every day and he says something, I'm reminded of all of the things that I do love about him that I pushed away for so long and thought mm. the only place I can be is in love or hate. Mm. I have to find all the things I hate about you because now we're divorced and, and now I'm reminded, which is such a gift of all the things that I really love about him. Does he still irritate me? I mean, come on. Yes. We're human. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That and is what a gift to show these kids. <sighs> that is such a beautiful story. You know, I don't, I'd have to think about this more, but you know, cancer is increasing and people, you know, die of cancer so often, but perhaps it's the, it's a form of dropping the ego so that people can receive love in their last moments. And some people do get angry and choose anger. There's no doubt, but Amen. It's a form of dropping the ego because there's nothing left to. <laughs> On both sides, I'm watching him allow love. I'm watching him realize that he spent a life working, working, working to the detriment of his health. Mm. I'm watching him dissolve hate within himself and create relationships with his kids that may have been rocky or broken. Um, we gathered against all rules and regulations for Thanksgiving. And I brought his mom and sisters from California and Arizona and all the kids. And it was, 
it was amazing to watch him receive that love because he's a manly man. You yeah. need love. And he's taking it all in, which means he's filling up his cup and giving it back out. Yeah. He's craved it forever. He just didn't know how to receive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible to watch. Wow. Wow. And that's the gift, right? When he leaves this earth, he gets to leave this earth knowing he is an amazing child of God yes. who is deserving of love and can give love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that is, um, I don't know if I've ever been at a loss for words. That is so powerful. <laughs> I always want to soak in it. I want to soak in that. It's, so, it's a trip. It's a trip. It's so vast. It's so deep. It's so. I don't want to minimize it. When I'm saying it's a hero story, some of that is. That. That's the story that, a generation from now, two generations from now, three generations from now on this earth, I want to hear about humans. That's the stories we need to be telling. That is so profound and so powerful, especially knowing all the things going, you know, divorce, co-parenting, you know, divorce yeah. family. And that is so beautiful. Well, my ego is so loud right now, or I don't even know if it's ego. Maybe you can define it differently. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a profound amount of guilt. Like, are you doing this to be a hero? And then the other side of me says, no, you're doing this because it feels like love and what you would want someone else to do for you. And so it's this weird place of, of really, um, it's so strange and unreal that I'm, I'm sitting with it and allowing it really to kind mm -hmm. of settle in. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if that made sense. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. Well, we all have that inner child hearing the the parent say, you know, why are you doing this? What? Who do you think you are? You know, and this is also a time for you to break the cycle and say, again, yeah, stop. I'm doing this because I love him and I love mm -hmm. love. And I love my children and I love, there's nothing wrong with loving the story too. It is a beautiful story. It's a story of hope. It's a story of reconciliation. It's a story of restoration. It's a story of revival. It's a story of all things that are, what, what, what other stories in this world are we going to hear more terrible things or more good right. things? It's such a beautiful thing. And Wow. You are the chief dreamer. <laughs> you are, you are the dream weaver. Wow. Well, and I don't think that I could have done this had I not birthed the book. Hmm. And, and the story in the book is what brought me to Phil to begin with. Because when I met him, I was living this this is what happened to me as a kid. And the first thing he said to me, and I remember telling you this was, oh, I believe you. Mm. And I had been living this life where um, 
I felt like people did believe me. They didn't believe me. I was a liar. I wasn't a liar. And he was like, yeah, I believe you. Mm. And then he was like, what do you want me to do? And he was willing to do whatever I said, which was just love and support me. Yeah. Um, and so we were talking and I said, um, I keep checking my book sales and, and I, I hope I sell enough to, to pay for what it costs and all of these things. And he's like, wait a minute, are you glad you wrote the book? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, then that, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what did you just say that to me? Wow. And, and then, you know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. He keeps reminding me of the simple, important things. And that's what was the beginning of our love affair. You know, I wrote, I don't know, a couple years ago, three years ago, there's no unity without humility. Mm. And, wow. and this false pseudo unity will heal now type narrative that's in politics. Like, no, there's actually, you will never heal unless there's a humbling, a great repentance, a great, and not religious repentance, just a turning back and saying, you know what? I'm sorry. And that's what's happening for us right yeah, now. I can hear it. I can hear him say that. That's humility yes. in him. He's already been processing these things to not be an ego, just to be loving and supportive. And and you know yes. it's love because what benefit does he have? He's you know what gain maybe for you know it's not so you can see him go through those things. That's vulnerable right. at its purest form. And um, yes. Oh my gosh! I never even. Oh wow. Mm. he is allowing me mm -hmm. to s eventually see him at his most vulnerable state ever yeah. and not just see him love him through that. What? That's a gift. God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That, <laughs> that's powerful. Lucas. Yeah, incredible. This, the world that um, we have no, the mind cannot even fathom what we're entering as a human collective. And we're going to look back, I think, in a short time span and be like, how did we not see this? I, I agree. How do we not see this? How are we so caught up in fighting and division and anger and, and being right versus being a healer? And, and, you know, there's all this language of 5D ascension. You know, we were talking about that one. Yeah. And, and 5D is bringing in love and light in the mind, body, spirit dimension so we're in 3d mind body spirit we're in the physical dimension right now with body or matter which is where polarity exists so we can see the negative ripple of victimhood or the positive ripple of healing and those different things but then we were passing through this phase of 40 fairly quickly where 40 is bringing light in to 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 see everything clearly all of a sudden we're seeing like Whoa. And some people just still don't want to see. Right. And that's okay. Because like waking up in the morning, you can get up at four in the morning. You can get up at five, you can get up at six, you can sleep in. It's okay. Eventually 
you'll get up. Yeah. <laughs> or it's even to pee, you know, you'll get up. And, and then we come into this place where love gets incorporated in all this. And, and you, like your book is not just a book. Um, people have been dreaming their whole lives and they just don't yeah. know. And, and why, when I, spoke before a Macklemore concert one time. I used to ask this. In fact, I was in um, Sela School District when I was a reporter in, in Tri-Cities in Yakima. And, and I was speaking at one of the schools in middle school. And it's 100% Hispanic migrant worker children at the school. And, and I said, um, you see the hills outside this? I said, the world is vastly greater than this, these hills. There is, you can do anything you want to do. I said, but the minute you try to do something or be something better than where you are currently and someone turns on you and said, what do you think you're better than me? And the minute you say no, you have retreated back into the nameless, faceless existence of humanity, which has no impact and has no dreams and has, it's just a constant no. And when I was at this Macklemore concert, and I spoke, it was a fundraiser concert. And I asked, the, I don't know how many people were there, hundreds, thousand, I don't know. But I said, raise your hand. Has anyone ever made you feel this way as a kid? At some point, did someone say, do you think you're better than me? Do you think you're holier than me? What do you, who do you think you are? Raise your hand. And the whole, it was like a sea of hands went up. And I looked right. around. And it was a surreal moment where everyone's looking around. I forced them to, you know, be like, I don't put any time. I'm like, stick your hands up. Everyone, <laughs> hands go up. And then people realize, wait, you've experienced the same thing I've experienced about being minimized, that my dream's not worthy, that when I tried to be something greater than where I was, because I had a yearning, because I'm actually listening to my soul's purpose here on earth. Yeah. And so your book, The Evolution of a Dream Weaver, but I mean, the by the byline, the seven steps to delivering on your dreams, everyone not just gets to, because that's such a kind of, that's, that's the right thing to say, but everyone yeah. um, is gifted this opportunity to fully flourish right now, fully flourish, fully unlock all doors that have been sh kept shut because even your little voice like wait am i doing this for good right shut the fuck up exactly <laughs> shut exactly. The, you know i'm doing this because it's loving it's the right thing to do it's beautiful it's glorious it's it's creation you're creating right. that is what god has enabled us to do is create we're creating wow. beauty and so your book and thanks for sharing that story. It's such a beautiful story. Yeah, that just fell out. That's what you do. That's what creating <laughs> space for someone does, really, honestly. Yeah. You know, and, and the book is, I think, the greatest joy about being a life coach um, and writing this story, which has the steps in it so people can experience it, is that being the permission, being the cheerleader for someone like you were and are continue to be for me mm. we all need that like yeah. 
right now I feel like, yeah, okay, this is a beautiful thing you're doing. It's a great love story. Way to go, Crystal. You are the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. And three minutes ago, I wasn't feeling that. And it's that connection of two souls, even if it's Zoom to Zoom, yeah. that gives me permission to really feel my highest power. Yeah. And everybody in that Macklemore arena, which <laughs> Macklemore, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm on your podcast. I mean, come on. No. Goals, dreams, no. hashtag. No. Uh, you know, they were given permission. Yeah. It's not arrogance to yeah. own your power. Right. Powerful. Yeah. When I, um, when I, I think after ALA, when we were doing, I got a couple different coaches um, and Gordana Burnett was one of my coaches and she, Hay House, pu you know, published author and, um, but she said, she said, you needed a witness. And when mm -hmm. she said that, I needed a witness, like you're saying, do, do they believe me as, you know, constantly like having to prove to almost myself that what I went through happened or didn't, did I mean, it's crazy. It's like, when someone says, I believe you or mm -hmm. yeah. The book is my witness. The book is my witness. My aunt is in the book and she sent me a message today and she said, oh my gosh, I'm about halfway through your book. And she was a pivotal person in my life. And she said, I was there with you, supporting you through this. And I felt so helpless. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm so proud of what you have taken that I could not fix for you in your life and made it your gift to give to others. And I was like, wow, acknowledgement. Like she, and she said these words and she's not been to ALA. She said, I see you. Wow. And I was like, I feel seen. Mm. And that makes me want to cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have, um, at the men's retreats that I lead, I bless each man with 50 more years. Doesn't matter how old they are. So you have 50 more years. I bless you with 50 more years of- I take it. Yes, and I'm blessing you with 50 more years. This is just the beginning of five decades of impact, 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 global impact. Right now, this is a global impact right now. And I bless you with 50 more years, more plus. But no less than, no less than, no less than. We have, what can we do in five decades? I say, I give you five decades. Go. Unrestricted, no boundaries, no naysayers, only love and light and affirmation and flow and purpose and divinity and sovereignty. Go. Whoosh, you know, the whole explosion. Explosion. Um. I'm so proud of you. It's so cool. It's Thank so cool. You. I have to tell a cool story real quick. I just thinking about this. Okay. Where we fly down to San Diego and yes. then we, we fly down together and then I forget what happened. Were we going to stay at a hotel, but then the oh. party got done too late or the, yes. the graduation thing got done too late. So then we slept in the airport. Yes. <laughs> We thought that was a great idea. Oh, we are so tired. It would be no problem to sleep in this airport. Oh my gosh. The lights are on. People are all around us. We are laying, I mean, that was- On the so table cool. with pillows. 
I would try to like kind of do the mom sleep one eye open, you know, keep an eye out. Yeah, that might was, have been better to just go all military and sleep in shifts or something. I don't know, but yeah, what a journey from then to now. Then crazy. to now, worlds yes. apart, lifetimes apart. I don't, I don't even recognize myself. Mm. Like, if you look at my hair, it is so feminine compared to the short, yep. very masculine embodiment that I was in. Yeah, like I don't feel like. I mean, yes, I'm the same human and yet i have evolved yeah. to such a amazing place and this whole thought of 5d is like peeking over the edge of mm. wow you see the possibilities i see them already i'm so excited it's so beautiful um so how can people connect with you where can they find you i already told uh and I will just reiterate to buy your book. Um, on, I bought it. I bought mine on Amazon. It came within two days. It will arrive quickly. But how can people connect with you? And, and what do you want to leave people with? Well, yes, the book is on Amazon. I've got a, a great website that my friend Lucas Mack helped me design. <laughs> Actually designed it. I just puked it all out and you put it, put it pretty. <laughs> Um, it's dreamweaver.consulting, so it's really easy to find. Um, I'm old school in that I'm primarily on Facebook. I've got it all linked to Instagram. I have a Facebook page, Dreamweaver Consulting. I do a live every Wednesday called The Weave. Mm. Um, I think what I'm being guided to do is really share this journey, this love story that Phil and I are rewriting. Mm. And so um, I'll be... I'll be picking your ear for podcast mm. advice. Yeah. Um, I think what I really want people to know is that if you have a dream, declare it and do whatever it takes to deliver it. And you can't do it alone. Mm. Whatever that looks like for you, a coach, a friend, a parent, a stranger, somebody at the coffee shop. We need that human connection. And even though we're in a pandemic and they're telling us to stay separated, look at us humans go. We are getting so creative to find ways to stay connected. Yeah. And that's the gift. So connect. You're not alone. And find your Lucas, right? Find your dream weaver. Mm. Someone to walk beside you and keep cheering you on. Yeah. Beautiful. Dream, declare, deliver. Deliver. Right. It's beautiful. I love you so much. So much. I love you too, I, Lucas. I the hugest hug right now. <laughs> I'd give you the biggest hug, you know it. And wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Congratulations. My first podcast hey, ever. I'm honored. I'm honored to be to be that for you and and um can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And Crystal, congratulations on your book, your journey, and being able to tell your story powerfully. I'm honored to walk with you. And, and I know that everyone that's listening benefits from it as well. Brothers and sisters, the world we are entering is not going to look like the world we've 
come from. We are entering a new time space continuum. We're entering a new dimension, the fifth dimension. And all the power structures of third dimension that monetized and made their power based off humanity as slave and subjugated to their agendas are losing. And it's going to make everyone, they're going to make everyone feel afraid because just like when an abused person truly tries to leave a power structure, be it from the abuser or an abusive family or whatever, a greater power structure, it all of a sudden feels a little scary. Like, well, where it's not comfortable. I don't, I don't recognize this new freedom. And so many retreat and go back, but this is, we're not going back. We are entering the new. And so my encouragement and blessing to all of you is to Stay grounded in love and light, love and light. Call it in and call in the highest good, the highest love, the highest light to bathe you, to fill you, to breathe in during this time because everything is going to be okay. We are ascending, we are rising. And if you look back, you'll feel the energetic pulls from what we are leaving. So keep your eyes forward, keep your eyes grounded inside your soul, inside yourself. And I am with you through this entire process. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com. <laughs>